Hello there. Hmm. General Kenobi. Wait, why did you tell me to say that? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Star Wars Battlefront 2, and there's uh, a mode called Heroes versus Villains. Lately, I've been playing a lot of that, and I'm really good on it. If you play PC, I'm on that shit. But my main character is Obi-Wan, and he has an emote that's from the movie, the Clone Wars, uh, Clone War, I believe, or Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Yeah, episode three. And that's he has an emote. He says, hello there. And I use that all the freaking time. Man. People get pissed. <laughs> you are Star Wars obsessed, Marcus. Hell yeah. I love Star Wars. When did this um, addiction first start? Started when I was young, definitely, when I was a kid. And I saw it in the background of a cousin's house or an aunt or in my aunt's house. But they had it on the background. And it was the Battle of Hoth. And the thing that drew me in was the perspective of the cockpit that Luke was in and how they're trying to take down the walker, shooting at it. And the John Williams score for Battle of Hoth is amazing. So all that in conjunction brought me towards that. Yeah, I've been loving it ever since. Yeah, I would say some of my earliest memories of Star Wars is definitely um, Empire Strikes Back with the Hoth scene. I'm pretty sure I have um, the VHS set somewhere. Yeah. I mean, that type of stuff is always laying around. You know, you never get rid of that stuff. Old VHS. I don't anyways. I still have a collection of some. Yeah, you don't get rid of it, but you're also not sure where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I can't tell you how many times I lost some cool recordings of Cowboy Bebop and stuff like that. Lost all that. Yeah, I mean, I think we should have gotten into the storage game because everyone, not every, at least I don't, but eventually I know I will have, I will pay for storage because I have so much stuff I need to like store away. Yeah, yeah. I still have all That's my That's the old... thing about being a musician though, is that you, oh, it's not enough stuff. You always got to get the next pedal, the next whatever. I mean, I'm a drummer, so for me, it's always other percussion instruments sometimes cymbals i do like my cymbals of course but i'm more of a toms dude i like i like playing around on toms yeah as a musician for sure i'm a total gearhead but even outside of musicianship just in general nostalgia tons of old games old videos uh, yeah. stuff like that so anyway um speaking of old stuff old games we want to talk to you what a little game bit are we talking about today we want to talk a little bit about uh chrono trigger chrono trigger 1995 i haven't heard of that game no i'm joking <laughs> i love that game now i did not i did play it when i was young i did emulate it but i never beaten it the farthest i've gone which was pretty early in the game but only because of my emulator on my old android phone just died out it couldn't take it apparently it was when you're on the bridge and you're escaping from prison oh, the or trial. something. The trial scene, yeah. And then you fight a giant metal ostrich. That's what I remember. I think it was a dragon, but yeah. A dragon? <laughs> All right. Something like that. But I, I want to focus on um, a lesser known thing about Chrono Trigger. It's after the game was made, um, the, the composer, Yasunori Mitsuda. Mitsuda. Mitsuda-san. He went ahead and I guess he got together with some Japanese jazz artists. Of course, he's Japanese, so obviously he'll, he'll find Japanese people. But 
and they arranged, they rearranged some of his original work from the game to this more crazy, jazzy, funky, uh, just crazy mesh of songs. I personally love this album. When I first heard it, it was a little, little weird to be honest, but I'm a big fan of, of the music. So I'm like, you know, let me give it some time. And before I knew it, it's definitely one of my favorite albums. When you sent that to me, I had no clue that it was actually the producer of Chrono Trigger. I, I recognized it. I would say I more recognize it upon listening to it and everything. But then you told me, oh, this is the guy who made Chrono Trigger, the music for that. And I was like, what? Really? It does sound similar, but it's very arranged in a cool way. I definitely do like the remixes and, and, on the whole album. The album as a whole, it's a great remix of the original songs. But skimming through everything, we personally chose our favorite song. And I believe it's one of the stronger ones because from the original, it kind of really does transform it, really, into a new groove or a new feel. A bassa feel. A very nice bassa feel. You can never go wrong with a bassa feel. Never go wrong with a bassa feel. Yeah, for sure. So we're just going to let the song kind of ride in the background as we talk about it. And yeah, hit it. Gotta love that that intro bass right there. Yeah, it's such a smooth walk down too. And the guitar, it kind of sounds like it's ah, like like um, a double, not a 12th string. It has that shimmer to it. And this, throughout the album, the guy does a lot of um, octaves, and it sounds really good on his album, uh, on this particular mm -hmm. track. Yeah, right there. That guitar part. Is he, like, plucking two strings? No, I think it's something that, um, that they often do throughout the whole album, is they double up the melody parts between the guitar and a different instrument. Right here, I'm not sure what it is. It's definitely an acoustic, but it's also something else, too. Oh. Is this the bridge? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it's this like shimmery chorus in the background. I love that sound. It's, it's so like... There we go. The bass is super strong in this track. Yeah. Like, it's carrying everything right now. Oh. And the vocals. So that's very, very bossa. That's very reminiscent of um, Astrid Gilberto. Yeah. I. This is the stuff I've been practicing on drums. So I could totally sink into this jam. This is such a good in-pocket beat. Listen. Oh, that high bass. The high notes. <laughs> Yeah. I love how like the right. high this bass is good. matching like the voice. This changed really good. Funk. You know, one of my favorite live albums is um, Gilberto Gil. I think it's Gilberto Gil. 
and it's like 1974 or something live in in um in japan oh in, in japan tokyo and this is like these people love samba man it's like they amazing concert i definitely recommend listening to that album what i like about this song is so dance you could put in a dance on this at any point you can start going right now start dancing listen to that how could you just not want to toe tap to that how could you not just want to move to that Ooh. so that right there that that's like a rubber band that's something that um grant green one of my favorite um guitarists is known for for sure that's one of the things and this guitarist has done it a couple of times throughout the album, so I can tell he's definitely a fan of Grant Green. This is my favorite thing about Basa, too, as a percussionist, is that all you need to do is just lay down that beat and just allow everybody else to dance over that beat, like in terms of musicianship, as, as putting in scales, like right now, like, just listen to that. How it's a solid foundation for anything else to come up and work upon. You can see why they chose this particular feel, because it's just a lot of fun. And, and I believe that you said this is like the hopeful music, kind of. And right here it kicks in the main theme, I would say, for the song. And I think it's also Chrono's theme, which is actually in the original score. Mitsuda-san is, is really good about that, where he quotes this, this melody throughout his um his, his creation and it's just so well done and they definitely capture it here i just love the congas very precise too i feel like this is all precision music right here i mean obviously it's been composed but it's just so tight Well, if you're spending money to be in the studio, you better be tight. You better be at your yeah. top. <laughs> and this was probably just a passion project. I was definitely a passion project. I mean, if you're not if, if you're not having fun when you're making music, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're doing it totally wrong. You gotta love it, that's for sure. All right, so that was Outskirts of Time. Yeah. Composed by Yasunari Mitsuda and Mitsuda. Arranged. <laughs> arranged and performed by I think the band is called um, Guido Guido? Yeah, G-U-I-D-O It's been hard to find information on them Wow, so this is one of their works, I guess one of their notable works um, I don't know how notable it is but I definitely love it and I would love to learn more about them They sound really tight and really cool They're pros, that's for sure Yeah, hell yeah so, Just they laid down that beat so well. And now we're about to hear the other version, the original version, correct? Yeah. So we're going to pull back the original sound version, as they call it, of Outskirts of Time. So this is what you would hear in the game, definitely. Exactly. Here we go. Wow. So right, right away, the feel right is away. different. It's like, totally it's like a marching feel. Marching band almost, but... It's just constant, you know, it's got it down. And remember, they're limited. 
they don't they didn't have like a full recording studio for this. They had to speak with programmers to incorporate the music into this. And they did a great job for the limited technology or the cartridge space, whatever it is. They did a damn good job. And the, hard to believe this was one of his first projects. Yeah, I think this was his first major project. But before this, he was actually a sound designer at Square. You can still hear the use of the melody, though, from from this one compared to the recomposed. Oh, yeah. I mean, remember, he also worked... No, um, he worked with the guys to make this, so he definitely had input in, in this. I'm sure he, he wanted to include the original melodies in there. Yeah, the original feels. Because mm-hmm. it is different, but it kind of, in terms of melody and feel, it kind of feels the same, but just a different tempo and a different style. Right. From the recomposed. Which is pretty hard to achieve. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Like, how do you take that and turn that into Bossa? That's, that must have been the fun part. Well, sign of a good arranger, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Oh. Now this is the part. This is the part I hear in a bunch of RPG games from that time. I love those those synth strings. Yeah, the synth <laughs> strings. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Again, they're limited with the technology, but that bass part, I mean, it's still keeping it down, right? It's still holding the foundation and giving everything else life. Oh, I like this part. And then just the constant rhythm in the background. Like you're marching forward. I'm yeah. pretty sure this is, this is featured at the end of the game. This is at the end of the game? It does feel like a, a song we've accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Like I, we won. We beat the guy. Uh, what's the guy's name? Lavos? Yeah, Lavos. Lavos. It feels hopeful. Fills me with hope. And this kind of goes back to... Um, the, the theme from Secret of the Forest when you first go in, into the time gate ah. back in, in 600 AD which is actually one of my favorite songs and then that pendulum swing which was the first thing you hear when you, when you turn on the game it sounds mysterious sounds like I'm in a mysterious land I think that's the thing with Chrono Trigger music they really got down is the feel of the environments in tandem with the music. I just like that little... It almost sounds like a harp. You're very whimsical. Very whimsical. Very inspiring. Just keeps getting higher, man.
And I guess it just starts fading out right there, right? Oh. And then it kind of goes into this little thing at the end. So. It's not done yet. How do you take that and turn that into Samba, man? Like, I would not be able to do that. I play drums. I play percussion. But if you gave me that and told me to make Samba out of that, I would not know what to do. More like the music box. Ah, uh, yeah. Does sound like a music box. And this is this plays when it's like a whim, whimsical, like lovey, not really lovey dovey, but like moment between the the two main two of the main characters. Are there Chrono romances? Yeah, I would say between Chrono and Marl for sure. Oh, okay. Which one is she? Is he the blonde lady? Yeah. Okay. All right. She's the one you show around that, like, festival at the beginning, right? Exactly. Okay, all right. See, I, I know the game a little bit. You see, I know, I know. It sounds very heart-filled, like cutesy. This music box sound always reminds me of, um, Cowboy Bebop. Oh... I know what you're talking very about. Very sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I my mean, favorite. I don't want to spoil it, but at the end, like yeah. they play something like this. Exactly. Oh yeah, you're totally right. I like that anime too. Blade, uh, not Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> you can't stop thinking about Blade Runner. Oh which yeah, will I probably can. be the next episode. Just so you guys, the Blade know. Runner anime. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I, I haven't even heard about that. Yeah, it's coming out, man, and. I don't know. I've seen a trailer for it. I'm kind of mixed on it. I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. I've seen all the cuts of the Blade Runner series, even the one with the shitty voiceover. A lot of people, some people like the voiceover. Personally, I don't like the voiceover that Harrison Ford does in the original Blade Runner. The best, the so-called best cut to see is the final cut, which right. was Ridley Scott. He had full control over in terms of editing and all that. Pretty sure I saw the final cut. If I'm not mistaken. Probably. And, and if you course, saw it on Netflix or something, I think that's the one, that's the version they use. Can't remember, to be honest. But, and then I, I've i also read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is great. Yeah, by Philip K. Dick. My man, Dick. But the music here, Chrono Trigger, let's just talk about how good the music is. I know we didn't get to listen to all of it. Just some snippets here and there. But amazing arrangement, honestly, because it does invoke different emotions. Like listening to some of those, the, the classic melodies anyways for the game. Although, again, I said they are limited. They still projected the different emotions that needed to be felt for the environment. And I definitely felt that. Yeah, I would say that's, that's definitely a mark of, of a great musician. Hell yeah. Of where you're, you're able to invoke different emotions whether you want to get up and dance, whether you want to cry, whether you're happy, and yeah. you think about Lovey great dovey. memories. And it's just all through music, you know? And it's it's not just the music that's written, but it's how it's performed. You know, to, to, to create that feel, is, it comes down to the technique for sure. And the reason why we chose this is because we wanted to show that the music producers for these games, they are musicians themselves, so they would do other projects. Not... Always. Not always. Not always. But yeah. I would imagine you would at least try. Oh, for sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes you have people who are classically trained, this and that. 
But I've heard a, a lot of stories about guys who've, or or, or or gals as well, who who have never really like done much music, and they're like, okay, because you have, you have to remember back then there wasn't much as an eighties, I would say nineties, there wasn't as much as an emph- as much of a an emphasis on the music for video games. Yeah. It was really more like a second thought. It like, was a secondhand thing. Exactly. So they would really just hire anybody a, a lot of the time or like, you want to do it? Yo, let's all do it. And, but you ended up with some great music. And like you're saying with these limitations from the cartridge size, um, ROM and everything, they really still came out with amazing products. Still. Yeah, of course. Because again, I would imagine if you're given free reign of something that you're going to try to do the best damn job you can, obviously. And a lot of times the people making the music don't even know what the game is about. They're just told, hey, you know, we're making this game. It's kind of like this and that. So write the music. You have like a day or something. But thankfully, in this context, this was more planned out. Um, It it was a project between um, the creator of Final Fantasy, um, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the creator of Dragon Quest, Yuji Hori, and then of course the man who, who who created Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Akira Toriyami. This is why you're saying all these Japanese names. I would just ruin them. <laughs> People would get offended if I said it. <laughs> so these, I guess the legend has it, these three guys were friends, and they're like, "Yeah, let's let's make a game." That's so cool. So they had a lot of like the context built out of what they wanted to do, and and, and the team just j- just took from that, and so great game, great game too, just an overall good game. I mean, again, I haven't beaten it, but for the little bit I played, it was engaging, and the music was keeping me on. I think that was a major thing about Chrono Trigger. I'm not a huge fan of turn-based combat. Not a huge fan, but I do remember the music just kept me going on and kept me going along because it's that music that, like, again, inspires different emotions from you. And even though you're playing, the, you're just playing a game with turn-based combat, it still sparks something in you. Still sparks, like, a little bit of wonderment, joy, sadness, and all that. But just as a game, it's really fun. I, didn't, I do know it brought in, like, a the new mechanic of using two powers together. Yeah, the the um the text, um double text, triple text, stuff like that. The one thing I would say about Chrono Trigger, it, it's gameplay's fun, music's good. Just the story kind of throws me off sometimes. Cause I know it deals with time travel. So that always confuses me all the <laughs> time. Every and, and, and this game has like fifteen different endings. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. There apparently is, is one ending where you can go into a room and then you have some of the developers in the room, including um, the three original creators. Oh, that's cool. Like little like anime versions of them. It's hilarious. I hope that's the best ending. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we may come back and do other songs if we'd like. But for now, that was Outskirts of Time. Both the or the original by Yasunori Mitsuda on um, Mitsuda Mitsuda San <laughs> Mitsuda on uh, the SNES Chrono Trigger, and then uh, the subsequent rearrangements, also known as Brink of Time. And Brink any, of Time. You want to say anything else before we we sign off? I hope you have a good one. 
And I Wait. hope you're taking care of yourself. Wait a minute. I think we're missing something. What are we missing? I think it's time for... Oh, Marcus's Jesus. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> cooking tips by oh, Marcus. God. Are you going to play the thing? Uh, next time. <laughs> next time? All right, here's a quick cooking tip. If you want to mince garlic really easily, just use the side of your cooking knife, specifically a cooking knife, or if you got a cleaver, just whack that shit and then start mincing it because you'll break the outer layer, you'll get the oils going already, and then all you'll need to do is just mince it real real nice. Earlier as he's making food, he's, he's just talking about cleavers and like you know cleavers are great yeah cooking cleavers tool. are great, i want to get a cleaver man. i yes i do want a cleaver think about it man they've been around for thousands of years they're the ultimate cooking tool uh and thank you marcus for your cooking tip and thank you our friends for listening in we'll catch you next time bye-bye mm-hmm.